It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's episode 311, right? Oh, can't. damn it. I had it right last week. It wouldn't be our show if I didn't know what episode it was. Um, I do know it's Sunday and it is December 10th. 10th? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I knew it was Sunday. And it was December. I just didn't know the date. We have a different thing going on today. And I will explain that and set that up. And then and we'll just let everybody say hi in a little bit. Uh, basically, I've invited a bunch of people onto this show. Because I feel like we need to have a brew intervention. Whoo, I said it. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world right now. There's the holiday season, which for some people is really great. Other people, they're having a tough time. The state of the world is... Uh, we look at, at sports as a way to kind of get away from the real world in some respect and kind of watch people play a game where they hit pucks with sticks and sometimes each other and sometimes each other with sticks. So I could see that Jeff didn't like that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had no comment. <laughs> I thought it would be great for us to talk about the positive things going on with the Bruins. This week, Anthony, who hasn't been on in a while, but he's here today. Hi. He just kind of is exasperated with a bunch of stuff going on. Just everything. And he would like to hear some good stuff about the Bruins. So we have him here so we can talk about good stuff with the Bruins. I desperately need some good stuff about Bruins in my life right now because... I purposely avoided last night's game thanks to this whole, oh, they should have taken Barzal. Fart. Sick of hearing it. Shut up. Right. Right. So we're not going to talk about him today at all. Okay? Hey. Yeah. So today we have uh, we have Nick. We have Tim. Hey. We have Jeff. Yo. Anthony. And a special guest star, Mandy. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Such, such enthusiasm. <laughs> yes, and uh, at some point later on, I may have Ben coming in to talk about that, but not with the group. It'll be a separate thing. And I'll just put that in an episode, and you'll have to listen. Now, first of all, let's get to some other business before we get into the actual brew intervention. I had a minor victory this week. Couldn't share it on, on, uh, on Twitter very much, but I got my tweet into the question of the day. A few episodes back, the the 69th episode, the nice episode of Puck nice. Soup. Nice. And everybody listened to that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited, guys. I was cooking dinner and I was listening to that episode and I was, I totally forgot that I had tweeted them at all. And I led off that segment. It was a great. This is pretty cool. I'm I'm proud and impressed. Yeah, yeah. It is so, a victory. Yes, it was a victory. You guys are not just, as just, excited. Just one about... step closer no. to to you know wish actually being friends with us. It's totally a thing that's going to happen, right? Yep. Please, 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 please. <laughs> I, no, liked... wi- yeah, wish was impressed with your hatred. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a real reason other than I just knew I had to. I mean, it was I mean but like, because like, he he has a point though, right? Passion, having a passionate hatred for for Minnesota is like hating plain oatmeal. It's just not worth the energy. <laughs> well, <It's> true, <laughs> right? But 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 
mine was that I hate the Habs. And oh, I, okay. No, no, it wasn't Minnesota at all. It was like I, I basically, uh, I said that it, it's the Habs, and I said I don't exactly have a real reason why, except that I knew I had to hate them even before I started watching hockey. And I said you don't need a reason. You don't. You don't need one. They smell like they parts. So That's easy. the first one, really. You know. Right, but but and he chuckled a little bit when he was reading it because it was just like uh, I said. I guess it's in the water in New England. You have to hate mm-hmm. the Habs. Yes, yes, and I'm sure when we talk about the Bruins and the positive things, we can talk about Habs stuff if we want to. <laughs> I think that's what Ben's going to talk about. <laughs> He's going to talk about how much the Habs suck. So okay, so basically we're going to talk about the game of the week, and uh, we went through this, and nobody wants to talk about the Predators. And nobody wants to talk about the Islanders. We're not talking about the Islanders. We're not talking about that. No, no. So we're going to talk about the Arizona game. Yay! That was Whoa. yeah, um, a fucking good game. You know, um, okay, second period could have been started off better, but then David Backus scored twice in not very much time at all. Yep. He skated his ass off. Real hard worker. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> did, did those ten inches of colon like weigh twenty pounds or something? Because he's I mean, a lot there's twenty pounds. There is like twenty or thirty pounds less David Beckus than there was a month ago. What's I was gonna say, like that piece <laughs> of colon must have been heavy because he is much quicker out there. Well, it it was heavily infected, so. But usually, you know, losing twenty or thirty pounds midseason doesn't positively impact one's play right. and um right it appears to have done so yeah. right like remember when spooner got the flu or whatever and lost 20 pounds that did not go well for him yeah or or, or joe morrow we never saw him again after that and now he's half <laughs> <laughs> he just evaporated and reconstituted as a hab eventually <laughs> i forgot he existed i thought it was hilarious that he went to the habs because yeah. claude really didn't like him and yet he signed there after Claude was the coach. What the fuck <laughs> you doing, Joe? It was, was, just, it was just no one else picking up your agent's calls? That's probably it, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. That's signing your own death certificate right there. <laughs> I think it's still a giant conspiracy that him and Claude are uh, purposely imploding the Habs so the Bruins can win. Secret agent. Oh, oh, sleeper agent's nice. Of all people to be the sleeper agent, it's Joe Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's asleep most of the time. We had to benefit from that trade somehow, right? Gosh. It's a sleeper agent. We don't, we, we don't talk about that here anymore. Say what trade? I had, I had the glass half full on it, okay? <laughs> That's a good point. Benefiting. Yeah. We only talk about that trade when we talk about how sad Ty Ty is. <laughs> He's going to be forever sad. And in general, how that t- trade clearly scared Marshy straight. Boy, did it ever. Yep. Yeah. Marshy has been a way better player since... Tai Tai's gone away, so yeah. I mean, he was a good fucking player before then too. But like, and actually, that's something that sort of occurred to me this week is a, uh, and I even though this is sort of an aside, and I'm sorry, Brad deserves an enormous amount of credit because um he's not this good on pure talent like certain other players. It's all hard work, Brad. It is. is um, it is definitely. Oh my God! Imagine that. Hard work. I love it. His goal, 15 seconds in against Arizona, was fucking gorgeous. That whole sequence was amazing, and I was so happy. There were so many beautiful goals on that night, but NHL <laughs> Network decided they needed to feature the one by Coyotes player, whatever the fuck his name was. 
Christian Dvorak. <laughs> yeah, and I, it was just I like... I liked that goal, too. It was a decent goal because it was a single one-man effort, but... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wrong it told the wrong story. It did tell the yeah. wrong story. You would look at that and you'd think, wow, the Coyotes were on fire! Look at that! Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they were the opposite of on fire. So I, I kind of like a nice plot twist, though. Plot twist? They lost six to one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it almost Hold exactly up. it almost exactly bookended the other one because it was six two. But you know, the game that we didn't yeah. go see. If we had seen that game, they would have lost. The Bruins would have lost that game. So be glad that we didn't go to that game back in October. Thank you. Yeah. So, but anyway, I appreciate sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, it was a good win. People can tell me why. Blah blah. blah. Oh, I'm just going to I'm going to start things off sentimental. It was a great game. Number 1, the Bruins won. And number 2, I actually got to watch it with my brother. Aww. That's Aww. nice. Yeah. And he he said that was the first game he watched all season. I'm like, "Man, Shoby, what the hell have you been doing?" Oh no. Fair enough. So, um <laughs> that's that's why I really enjoyed the game. And he unfortunately only hears bad things about the Bruins. And he's like, "Oh, this team's good." I'm like, "Yeah, they're actually not that bad. They're actually, they're, they're pretty good." They're actually, I I would go as far as saying quietly excellent now that they're healthy. Yes. Healthier. There's still some pieces <laughs> out. I'm not sure that we're missing anyone that matters that at matters? this point. Because um, I think what we're seeing now is that I think Spooner is officially irrelevant as opposed to problematic. And likewise, McQuaid. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's not tradable. So all of our stuff right now might be just out the window. Oh, no, no. Someone said he'd finish the season at Bruin. So whoever said that. Yeah, Tim. He's a lifer. Uh, no, okay, that wasn't what I was going for. He, he's still not starting next year at Bruin. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens next season. It just matters what happens this season. Well, anyway. my prediction was with Spooner was that he would finish the season here and then re-sign again. It's true. Nick's the one that said he'd finish the season and then be, go away, I think. Correct? No, I, I picked some random date in January. Like, just arbitrarily. Oh, okay. I thought it was just VA and I that picked January. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. You picked January 10th because I picked there the first go. week and Jeff picked the second week. And then I picked January 10th. But uh, it's not because he's injured again. It doesn't look good. It's not looking no. good for you there, Tim. No. Yeah, I thought I was banking on, you know, just sometime before Christmas. And then, nope, nope. Jeez. I still insist on saying healthier because I think once we say healthy... Something bad's going to happen. Guys, Didn't I have dodge a to... bullet last night there with uh, Krejci taking a puck to the face, leaving, but then came back, so it was good. Knock yeah. on, I have a wooden desk. Knock on wood. There. You guys hear that? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I got, got one, too. twice, though. You got to knock a third time, and that's not wood. That's that's plywood. I No, this is wood. My desk is wood. Yeah, I got a real wood desk, too. Oh, no, no, no. It's a multiple of two. Okay. Took care of all of it. No more what? knocking. It, you can't knock twice, and you can't knock in multiples of two. What if somebody else when? knocked an odd number of times? Now we're screwed. Wait. So what is their knocking room? <laughs> it's superstition. Let's move on. <laughs> Someone sacrifice a goat. Oh, let me get on that. <laughs> I, 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 I've already sacrificed my last goat. I don't uh, I don't have any kicking around there, Anthony. I'm going to try to find some livestock to punch. A few oh, you haven't there, had to punch livestock in a while, Tim. No. <laughs> <laughs> Get some molar ROM action going on. <laughs> I'm just loving VA's face, facial expression through this entire exchange. Yeah, I'm just sitting there like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> I think when you started the episode, 
I think that's where you went wrong. <laughs> when you hit the call button. <laughs> when you met us, psychopaths. <laughs> this, well, okay, so we're going to move on. No more superstitions. Uh, David Vack has scored a couple goals. Uh, we're, the team Marcy, is healthy. Uh, Marcy, Costa, Heinen, and Nash are all on like crazy scoring streaks right now in general. Yeah, I think Costa's <laughs> got like an eight or nine game scoring streak. Or point streak. Yes? yes. I know yeah. this is not relevant to any game of the week recently, but when the hell did Riley Nash know how to snipe? He's got really good line mates right now. He's playing between Heinen and Bacchus at the moment. His goal against, what was it, Tampa? He just goes to the top shelf? Remember, Nash used to score a decent bit when he was playing further up, further up the food chain with uh, Carolina. True. Um, it's just a big thing. He's been, he's been you know parked in the bottom line here mostly. So now he's playing on third line, but with good wingers. I'm kind of liking it. And at first I didn't think I would, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually, if I had to pick the seventh player today, I'd pick Riley Nash. Absolutely. It, mm-hmm. I'd give serious consideration to Danton Heinen. Mm. <laughs> not bad. Not a bad choice either. I think Riley Nash is benefiting from having the answer and the answer plus one. I see what you did there. Mm. Oh. I caught what you threw. I, I did not. Can someone explain it for <laughs> a friend? Oh. Okay. And then 42 plus one. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm picking see? up what you're down. It's just too bad that Riley Nash isn't like 41. Or maybe that's not a good one. Or No, we don't want 44. No, 44 is... Forget it. Whatever. I say 44 would be O'Gara anyway. Yeah, I know. He I, could be 41. I'd be okay with that. I just, I don't know 41 enough to know if that's a bad number or something. But Riley Nash. That's Andrew Alberts and Jason Allison. Eh. Jason Allison, make 41 great again. Um, <laughs> you say that it's someone who really likes Jason Allison. Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is. <laughs> yes. I love that dude so much. I'm telling you, you've got to go out to a game. You've got to go to a Bruins game out in Vegas because I saw somebody wearing that jersey. That's crazy. That's also you think that person is, has season green. tickets there or something? I don't know. They travel well. You know, Bruins fans travel travel pretty well. They were there were there were Bruins fans there, like who probably live in Vegas, but there were a lot of people who traveled. So. I was just wondering if you thought that person lived inside the arena. Oh, well, I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe would put that jersey on for Tim's arrival. Just curious. No, no, I actually saw that person outside the beer house and that's a good place to live because That is a good place to live. Yes, yes. Perfect. Excellent beers and then you can get the Nashville um hot chicken like right next door. So Beautiful. Yeah, it was great. So anyway, uh okay, enough about that. <laughs> it was a good win. I'm glad they didn't play down to their opponents. They haven't been doing that lately. Can we just say that's a positive thing? Because how many times has a suck-ass team come into town and they're like, uh, let's lose. <laughs> and, and, and even when they're losing right now, they're playing very well. Um, they, they definitely overall outplayed uh, Nashville with the exception of Dobby. But considering how nastily they got shelled early to, get that, to, to, to make it a competitive game again. Says a lot about this team. So yep. character loss. Y'all roll with it. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, for a young team, character losses are a thing. And you're not going to win them all. So. And we are tied as a 
mentioned before we start recording, we are currently um, tied with the Caps for the second best record over the last ten games. At eight eight two. two. Yeah. The only team with a better record over the last um, over the last ten games is LA with eight one and one. So. Oh fuck LA. Uh, God damn. Yeah, I'm not particularly happy about it either. Um, <laughs> Those jerks. I thought they were supposed to be bad. Yeah, they can disappear too. God damn. Yeah, I don't know. It's Justin Brown mi- remembered how to hockey or something. You know? Yeah. It's the mirror thing, guys. The Bruins do poorly. The Kings are doing poorly. The Bruins are doing better. The Kings are doing better. All right. It's actually, yeah, it's true. It's, it is true. I think the big thing there is that you know, um, uh, you know, Dustin Brown finally figured out how to potato. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have too many teeth. <laughs> and I'm too handsome. Justin <laughs> um, Brown is an ugly bastard. <laughs> really, he's so stupid looking. Even like by hockey standards, he's an ugly bastard. We're talking late career Mike Ricci. I was ugly. To say, <laughs> Ricci ugly. Look like Costello. And sadly, he's only the second ugliest guy in the team. <laughs> well, yes, because he, because he plays with Frankenberry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some positive stuff about the Bruins. They ain't we as don't. ugly as the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We outlook them <laughs> by the mile. <laughs> We do look a lot better than them, except maybe Tuca, who resembles the Grinch. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he kind of aged out of being an elf and into the Grinch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> His dad really looks like the Grinch, though. But he's a good time, so just don't give him a, don't give him a ping pong paddle and have him chase after you. That's a bad idea, right there. Mister Rask is all about drink beer and fight. He's great, <laughs> and also ping pong. Can I um, remind you all of a story I told about one year ago? Yes. Involving Mr. Rask. <laughs> the father road trip came through Carolina last year, and I went to the game, of course. And Tuca's dad, cause I, and I went to the team team bus to try to catch a, uh, all the dads and players getting back on the bus. Tuca's dad runs up out of line and then just raises his jersey in the air. Rask, Rask, Rask. And if Drunk off his ass, obviously. And people were like, woo! And then, like, someone kind of brought him back onto the bus. <laughs> but see, he's finished, and that's just normal. Yeah. That's just every day. That was, uh, that was a good game. <laughs> All right, Anthony. I mean, we do have the best-looking guy in hockey on our team, so we're always going to outdo people in the looks department. And you know, he's the best two-way player. It's a fact. <laughs> How many of you guys don't want to get with him? Come on. I mean, I would. See? He looks a lot like my brother, so maybe not me, but um, yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. If Patrice came up to you and said, mm, and you would definitely. Yeah, you're right. I would. You would. Yeah. Sure, yes. Sir. Like, eh, eh, yes. Yes. So, uh, anyway, yes. So, we are definitely talking about positive stuff, and the Bruins are better looking than the Kings and most other teams. Uh, and we have the tallest guy. Yep. Ever. He's not really a looker, but he's he's tall. I mean, he did, you know, end up in the, in, in the body issue once, and that was a mild, mildly unsettling. It was mildly unsettling. <laughs> Still not as unsettling as Kessler. No, 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 no. The second one with the rubber duck. 
Bingo. Mm. Nailed it. Honestly, the most unsettling one for me, and it's not a hockey one, was when Prince Fielder was on the cover. My God. <laughs> Ultimate dad bot on Prince Fielder. Gosh. I mean, or, or last year it was um, uh, Thornton and Burns, right? Ugh, yeah. so gross. I hate it. Thornton's I hate got it. really it. tiny nipples. It freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Again... Still less unsettling than Tyler Sagan having sex with Robert Duck, but... <laughs> I think that should be our poll question. Which one was the more unsettling one? The Kessler, the Chara, or the Tai Tai with the Rubber Duck? The, I I definitely fall in the Rubber Duck thing. The, the, the Chara one, it's like I can admire his body, I just don't want to. And, uh, and basically the Ryan Kessler one, I loved the treatment uh, that uh, Luongo did with that. That was just fabulous mm. how he just ragged him about that that was great he slipped me oh, <laughs> it was like he's like look at what i put in my downstairs bathroom i was waiting for the perfect thing and it's like hanging over the toilet <laughs> and <then> he photoshopped <laughs> it so it was like a bunch of ryan kessler's <laughs> I, I just still don't understand how long was so humorless and unlikable <laughs> during during the 2011 uh, cup finals like maybe 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 realizing how unlikable he came across has sort of made him come around and loosen up. I don't know. Um, that's actually exactly why he started the Twitter account. Yeah. Like actually, or are you just saying that? No. Yeah. There's an interview about it. He oh, realized okay. he was really uh, like unlikable, and people like, no, you're actually kind of a funny guy. You should do this Twitter thing. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and boom. <laughs> It works. You know, you know what's funny is he's not even like kind of funny. He's friggin' hysterical. Yep. Like, yeah. where's he been hiding this? Wow. And he's a hockey player with hobbies too, right? Like he, you know, competes in World Series of Poker most years and stuff. Like, there's there's there's, there's actual like depth to him as opposed to I hockey now, which is what most of them do. I completely forgot the thread. The thread is We're gone. I know. Having a good time. We're all here. I, know. I mean, we're just trying to make Anthony feel better about hockey, and I feel like this is... is... It is working. Okay, I was going to check in. How are we doing, Anthony? We're doing pretty good. We're okay. doing pretty good. All right, why don't we just, like, uh, focus into the actual brew intervention. Let's talk about the positive stuff. Let's go one at a time. Let's have our special guest, Mandy, start first. That's not fair. Okay, then um, you can go last. Um, okay. <laughs> see, the thing is, is Those that are your if, choices. <laughs> if I open it up, if I open it up, it's going to be Jeff. It's going to be like, Jeff's going to go blah, 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 blah. And then he's going to take all your points. And then you're all going to be like, yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I have part one. of the show. The blush on his face just says that you're right, though. <laughs> <laughs> How right am I, Jeff? I don't want to talk about it. Ninety-eight <laughs> <laughs> right is what he said. Did did he roll his eyes though? A little bit. It wasn't. He had a to bit put his head down and little. shook it. And... Yeah. There was a sigh. There was a sigh. Definitely a sigh. Okay. Okay. So definitely, we're on our way to the bot trick. All six or seven pieces of it. <laughs> Anthony, I just want you to kind of just sit back and listen. And if you have something to say, you'll say it. Okay. This is for you. This is for you. You can comment. You okay. Can, okay. I well, won't rip my headphones off again. Okay. Don't don't do that. I'll do it this way. I'll go Nick. So much to cut out. Nick and then <laughs> Manny. It's left in. <laughs> Bot trick part two. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
to take the pressure off you, we'll have Nick go first because he loves to talk. <laughs> All right, Nick, go. The Bruins have the sixth best overall defense and the third best defense in the East. Wow. Wow. That surprises me. Yes. So um, I think that's pretty cool. And they have like three young or rookies playing. Yeah, two rookies and a sophomore. Um, mm-hmm. So fucking A. Yeah. This is in the goals against per game category. That's, that's the what I consider defense. McAvoy has been ridiculous. Grizzlick is proving to be an NHL player for sure. He hasn't looked even a little bit out of place. Carlos finding his game, I think. He's getting better. He struggled a bit. I think moving away from Chara is an important learning thing for him. Yep. It just took some adjustment, and it's working out now. Krug is getting new. Krug, after the slow start, you know, once he got rid of the Master Shredder mask, has been fucking great. Yep. So. All right. Mandy? I think since coming off of that layoff that he took, Tuka has been fantastic. He has been really good in the last few games. Um, I think that break did him well. And I just want to, I want to address this because it does involve Tuka. I really think, and I've said this before, I really think that the whole time Davi was just like, it's okay, Tuka. I, I will take over right now and I will win the games for you. I'm winning them for you and for me, for all of us. And when you will come back, you come back and win. Glorious goaltender Kazakhstan. See, there never was a controversy. Not at all. It was just nope. taking on the hags. load. It was just hags. It was just taking on the load. And this is what <laughs> teammates do. No, not yeah, I that. Say that was... don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that, Nick. You know what I <laughs> there mean. Was a... The workload. I know I know it's terrible for me to say, but because I, I love Dobie and I like Tuka, but I was slightly relieved to see Dobie kind of have a crappy game just to take the edge off of this bullshit goaltending controversy thing. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's it's awful, but it was kind of good that he shat the bed against uh, against the Preds. You know, I really thought that Tuca just wasn't ready to come back after the concussion. He, sure, he may have been medically cleared, whatever, but it does take a little bit of extra mental fortitude to stand in front of frozen vulcanized rubber. And if you're worried about your head, you're not 100% in there. And it's going to take some time to get back, get into the swing of it. And, and you, you know the, we stepped up. You know the old expression, if you're worried about your head, you're not, your head's not in the game. You just make that up on the fly. Yep. <laughs> it's an old proverb. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about how uh, Marc-Andre Fleury still hasn't come back from his concussion at all. And he got that back in October. So I don't know how many concussions he's had, but I will say that uh, it takes time to recover from them. And, you know, he was out, what, two or three games? On that note, he has been activated from IR as oh. of like six minutes ago. Oh, I was, oh, wow. I was wondering if they were like keeping him locked in a cage somewhere. Because everything's been going well and they don't want to screw with it, but I guess not. See, I brought him back to life, apparently. Mm. I was wearing the shirt, I brought him back to life. Keep Keeping with that, I'm really, really glad for Malcolm Subban getting a legit shot at the NHL and for doing well with it. On the I'm flip very side, happy I'm not particularly feeling the takes that have come out of it. Um, I'm not either, and so <laughs> they can all get bent. I'm just glad Malcolm Subban's playing well. Yep, no negativity! Oh, oh there you go, yes. And you know what? His charity work is fantastic. <laughs> that moment when 
him and PK played against each other. That was sweet. It was a crime that PK didn't go up against him in the shootout. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is uh, not not using your head, LaViolette. Damn it. That would have been entertaining. I Could he have scored on his brother? That I think that's a question for another time. Tim or Jeff? Jeff, you can go if you want. I simply just want to say this team is so fucking fun to watch. There's mine. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're supposed to deal with numbers. <laughs> but like like seriously, even even you know, under the good Claude years, this team even the even a lot of the cup year, this team wasn't on on the whole this fun to as fun to watch as it is right now, right? It was that's the one downside with Claude hockey was it was very clinical. Claude hockey was fun in that the teams that we had were like tough as nails and anything could happen, but they weren't like scoring goals and flying down on the ice. The hockey itself was not that fun. Yes, this is chaos. Yes. In a beautiful and productive way. When Even when the team was bad, it was fun hockey. It was just depressing fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I think that isn't just um, uh, uh, Butch's uh, coaching style. It is also the sheer amount of youthful exuberance this team has going right now. Did you just say um, Butch? Did you Butch mean Cassidy. Bruce? Yeah. That's his name. They call him Butch because he's Butch Cassidy. I did you not know heard? this. No. I've only called him Bruce. It's Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, but Butch Cassidy. Yes, I know that Butch Cassidy. Like, like it's very common that they call him that. Butch Cassidy and the Bruins kids. I've never heard this. Never. Never heard this. Ever. You've been in in locked in Marc Andre Fleury's cave. Hey, we're on topic after dark. You come on my podcast. You you come on my podcast and you tell me that you think you know where I've been. (laughs) (laughs) That was very Don Mafia of you. I live with an Italian guy. What can I say? (laughs) I was getting ready to throw down. Oh, I'm not going to throw down. But Mandy's fled the scene because you scared her. Oh, Mandy. (laughs) Mandy, I didn't mean to scare you. Oh well. Come back. (laughs) Wow. You, you didn't scare me. My Skype just freaked the hell out. <laughs> okay, That's totally not you hear me? Skype. Can we just talk about my magical powers today? I brought Mark oh Andre Flurry back it's, from the dead. I I am my Skype. In, I intimidated your Skype. It's <laughs> <laughs> magic. A song like a robot frog. It was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> No, I've never heard the the Butch Cassidy thing. I mean, obviously, it's like, I think I've probably written that a couple of times and then had to fix it because I always think of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, although he doesn't really have Newman's eyes. Who does? He Nobody does. That's the point. Right. Okay, so... Boy Chuck has not quite, but darn close to Newman eyes. John Bonnie, <laughs> blue eyes. And I would say that salad dressing guy has eyes really close to Newman's. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> That's when I reiterate that I hate Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, okay. Well, I thought you were saying that about the Johnny Boychuk comment. And I was like, you know... That's the one sad thing. I know we're not supposed to talk about this game. That's the one sad thing I had. I wanted to see Johnny, but didn't see Johnny. And how glad are you that we're not seeing the Isles for the, the birthday game this year? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. That was, uh, I mean, that was <laughs> nice. You know, there was the, there, there was the tribute video last year for, for, for Seidenberg. 
That was swell. It got me in the feels, and then they shot the bed. We have to make sure that Ty Anderson's sitting above our section, though. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah did uh, have my favorite Twitter moment last year. What was that? It's my birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah that was fun all right tim did he really legitimately take your thing actually yeah there's that really legitimately was i was gonna say that the youth movement and has been a lot of fun to watch and yeah i honestly that was it oh i think i think finally seeing draft picks and prospects who've been in the system since i don't know what 2014 and such finally getting a chance to come up and prove that they can play prove that they can get through this bizarre season so far because we the team was in crit, uh, critical mass with injuries at, at one point we had bergeron and crazy on the ice for what 20 minutes yeah. i think a game in a period it was a period. Maybe it was like maybe just over two periods or something. It was not much. Right. And the fact that the team has fought back from that, they, they kept going. I mean, there were games that were ugly and it's no fun to watch that. But you kind of uh, if you if you have a brain in your head, you realize that that was something that was going to happen. And they made it through. They made it through the, the wilderness of injuries. And you know, was, there was always hints there that's like, okay, this team will be good once once the star getting people back, and here we are. Now, mind you, I will say probably the only reason we're still in the running in our in the in the Atlantic is because how impossibly bad most of the division is, like how indescribably bad. Buffalo, really Kansas, bad. Ottawa, really bad. Yeah, Habs, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, there were signs of that early on because Detroit was still holding on to that third third playoff spot for a while. Obviously, that wasn't going to last because Detroit is, is bad. So there is the, the point that we've been very lucky in that regard in terms of how bad our division's been. But you still got to win games, and we're winning games. Exactly. We played a lot of West Coast teams in this uh, this early season. This does feel like we played way more West Coast games or at least non-divisional games. I, at this point in the season, it, it feels like it. I, I'm not really sure if it's true, but we went on the West Coast road trip already. You know, yep. we, we even... the fucking West Coast. Yeah. Hey, we, we came out of the West Coast field trip, but the trip with two wins. <laughs> how the fuck how, came out of the California trip with two wins? Like, how insane is that? I don't yeah, think that's ever our... happened. And honestly, I will with our own young guys doing well. It makes winning that much more satisfying. It's guys that like we groom. Yeah. Yeah. Three guys for the 2014 draft. Roster players, all three scored in in the, in the, like, the Arizona game. So I don't want to hand the box score up, but you know. Wait, yeah, because third. Bjork, Pasternak, and Heinen. Heinen. Heinen, yeah, Heinen was the, was the fourth rounder of that, yep. that draft. And it's three guys from like all over that draft, too. You know, you have a first, yeah, first, fourth, first and I think a sixth, maybe? Fifth. If we didn't we didn't have yeah. a third or a sixth that that draft. That's what it was. Um, okay. Heinen was a fourth rounder. Yeah, the third rounder we, we traded for Mazaros, and the sixth had been traded for um, Redden. So both of those picks that we didn't have went for insert defensemen here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and both defensemen played well for the time being that they were here too. No, Not, they weren't bad, but they all weren't. right. I mean, for a while there, when Mazzaro's first came, like, we, like, didn't lose for the first, like, six or seven games of Mazzaro's for some reason. But I don't think he actually played most of those games, either. He didn't play a lot. We were undefeated in the Mazzaro's era for, like, It was, like, a 13-game point streak, streak, I think, to start off uh, after the Mazzaro's trade. 
I mean, that's that's why the team was yeah. like a, was like the hockey wizard. And Redden didn't really Lock, play, right? Didn't he get in like one game or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, he played like a tiny bit, and then like played briefly in the Toronto series, but then uh, didn't come. But then got hurt, and that's why towards the end of that series, I think we had Krug, Dougie, and Bart all playing at the same time, and they were all rookies. Oh, Bart! <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Bart scored his only goal as a Bruin during that during that series. This is true. <sighs> <laughs> don't think I could hate a player more. <laughs> I don't know. I really hate Andrew Shaw. Okay, he, Tim doesn't think he could hate a Bruins player more. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> you know, yeah, no one's ringing I, a bell. during the um, Winter Classic at Gillette, um, you know, the hockey party <laughs> on the side of the road, I went that to the game. alumni game, which yeah. taught me that I, in fact, can, can hate former Bruins more than anything. I, I was definitely much harder on the Bruins than I was on the Habs in that alumni game. Like, I actually feel guilty about how mean I was to Hal Gill. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, off the rails. But that game taught me, I didn't know there was that many Sweeney's. Where'd they find all these extra Sweeney's? There's a lot of Sweeney's. Yeah, Yeah, him and Bob and Don and God. (laughs) Okay, first of all, Hal Gill has had this improbable hockey life since then, right? Uh, He's been doing stuff with the Bruins Foundation and stuff like that. He went on the the trip to China and and basically on the behind the B footage, uh, my husband was like, Hi, I'm Hal Gill. I'm tall. You can be tall too. I'll teach you how, basically, right? And just making fun of him because he's really tall. And now he's like the, the ringside or whatever the Pierre guy or the color guy for the Nashville Predators broadcast. So I think he's like like their Pierre or something, right? So he's doing that now. Um, He's also redirecting traffic in construction. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a fun fact about Hal Gill. My freshman year, someone who lived on the the same floor of my dorm actually went to Hal Gill's Stanley Cup celebration like with his day with the cup because they were somehow distantly related. I actually, now that you say that, I have a fun fact about him as well. Um, my boss went to Providence College at the same time as him and is easily a foot shorter and kicked him out of his apartment. <laughs> and you know, that was like the best thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thanks, dude, because I hate Hal Gill and now I heart you. So. Uh, he had also spent some time before all of this stuff with the Bruins and, and Preds. He was uh, in the front office down in Florida for a while, just to get an idea of what that kind of work was like. And that wasn't for him. And he came back, worked for the Bruins Foundation. Now he's doing the Preds thing. Now he's on a commercial for Destination XL. And I was sitting I there. I did see that. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, who is that? Like, he looks so familiar to me. I'm like, is that Hal Gill? Because Oh, right. He's the guy from that picture standing next to all those pylons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there, I didn't see a person in that. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Make 25 great again. Friend Carlos trying. Anyway, what I what I was trying to say is that I know Hal Gill from his informational seminar, I am tall. I'll teach you how to be tall, too. He's very tall. Huh? I require no lessons. Anything else that we want to say about the Bruins at this point? I like DeBrusque. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I would like to reiterate that Charlie McAvoy continues to be ridiculously good. Is anyone really talking about him for Rookie of the Year? Because I feel like they should. Or is I feel like he's going to slip in later because right now the thing is how the way that Clayton Keller has been scoring um, has sort of you know been distracting. But the fact of the matter is, is a rookie 
forward of any kind is always going to draw the flash. Um, but I can't imagine a scenario McAvoy isn't a finalist, at least. Keller's kind of been on the downswing lately, too. He's, he hasn't been scoring as much in the last couple of weeks. And McAvoy is playing fantastically in tough situations. So I just think, I mean, I, I know playing with Chara helps, but he has just been fantastic. And I love how the voters might not go that way because we've talked about how it's weighted out um, and how it should be weighted. But, but you know, I mean, yeah. there is record for defensemen getting it, right? You know, I'm uh, Ray one. Ray Bork, of course. Somehow, Barrett Jackman. Jackman. <laughs> I think his best work was that gif. <laughs> yes, much like Marty Turco's best work is, is also is also a gif. <laughs> <laughs> Do they both involve Pierre, or is it? No, no, no. Barrett Jackman's just a guest at some call or something. Yeah, his eyes are just like crazy. <laughs> okay, I, I, it is the one that I was thinking about. Then, okay, good. Is he not? Is he also not the one in the the blues player that That's like the slides That's through the? G- okay, yeah, slays me. <laughs> That's why he actually won the Calder for that. <laughs> Just preemptively, they knew eventually when gifts were a thing, he'd be important to them. Yes, yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's that's what it is. You know, it's about being right after the fact, not before. As, as earlier. I was unaware that precogs uh, made the decisions on the the Calder, which makes weird because if they did, Barrett Jackman and Steve Mason would not have won the Calders. <laughs> it's mm. a gift work. <laughs> Steve Mason, gift yeah. work Steve Mason, and Andrew Raycroft as well. Steve yeah. Mason won the Calder. Uh, he was great in commercials. He was extraordinary his rookie season. For for it was the first he dragged a bad Columbus team to their first play first playoff experience um, appearance that year. Let and, it was never, the, and it was never good for that team again. <laughs> let the uh, NHL in shutouts that year as well. Of course the uh that's in was a, a finalist for the Vezina, but that went to Tim Thomas. As mm. it does. Mm. Now see I thought he was just like because didn't Steve Mason have like that awesome mask when he was down with the Flyers where it was like all of his teammates were um like zombies from well, this is way before, like, this was when he was in the jackets. Yeah, I, well, uh, we're talking about being awarded something earlier for the stuff that you do in the past, Jeff. Oh. Are we in the future, Jeff? <laughs> I, I thought we'd moved on from the precogs choosing the Calder. No, no, okay. I was still there. <laughs> I was still there. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I think it's uh, it explains a lot more. <laughs> it justifies it a little bit more. Anyway, anybody have any have thoughts so that that Oh, wait a minute, but you also hate the penguins. I do hate the penguins. Well, okay, ready? The penguins, remember they traded a first round draft pick and some prospects and stuff for Ryan Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> the draft. yeah they did. <laughs> the, the pens are currently currently holding on to the last wild card spot in the east by their fingernails. I fucking hate the Penguins so much. Yeah. I hate them, but my hatred goes back to, like, 1991. It's different. Well, yeah, because Ulf can go fuck himself right into the sun. Incidentally, yet another Ulf spawn is a, is a highly ranked uh, draft uh, draft prospect going into this year. How many fucking times did he procreate? How did he find people to pro- someone to procreate with? I don't understand. <laughs> and I want to draft that kid and bench him forever. Thank you. 
we talked about that about Henry about, about his son about one of his other kids Henrik there, but it didn't matter because Henrik turned out to be a bust, so it worked out well. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Deserve this sins of the father. I don't care. Didn't he have like a Philip or something? Also a bust, yeah. But he was a later pick by the I want to say the Pens, but he moved around a bunch. It was a hab for a spell and played Yogi. for the Pirates for a while too. Portland Pirates. Point being, it's both Philip and Henrik busts. So, uh, what's this last one remaining? I don't know. There's two Samuelsons expected, ranked high, but the other one's Kiel Samuelson's son, so it's different. Better uh, Samuelson and a yeah. taller Samuelson. Mm-hmm. And less, you know, Ulf. Yes. Well, the Penguins aren't doing as great as they, they uh, could be doing. That's the important takeaway right now. And yes. I'm loving it. And the Habs? <laughs> <laughs> the Habs are playing the way they smell. Bad. Like a bunch of farts, yeah. <laughs> This is the second week that farts has been mentioned. <laughs> I mean, when the Habs come up, they always. I, I mean, we talked about in our for, in our. I mentioned in our inaugural episode of the show that the, the Habs smell like farts. Hmm. I was really excited to see Patches um, make that quote to the media yesterday, where he basically traded himself by complaining that the Habs were playing too defensively and not coming out of the neutral zone. I just Welcome to Claude Hockey, buddy. Oh, it's like, it's like uh, my patches. I got some bad news. Claude yeah, Claude's contract's longer than yours. Um. So annoying. <laughs> no, yeah. Again, he's actually talking about like <laughs> preemptively uh, being traded for an award or whatever the hell we were talking about. Like he's, he, he was traded 10 seconds ago. Like... <laughs> I was going to just say, when do you think he'll be traded by? Come on. Ten seconds ago. Uh, seriously, though, I would say right after the Christmas deadline. The holiday freeze. After the holiday freeze. Meanwhile, so, they're, meanwhile they're actively ruining um, Galchenyuk's uh, trade value. I still don't know what kind of player Galchenyuk really is. So, two things. <laughs> One, as far as Pacioretty goes, I think it's going to be after the new year. Because the Habs have a habit of dragging these miserable situations out. You know, like Subban, for example. Except for the Patrick um, Waugh situation. That one they dealt with quickly, yeah, but that was yeah, also that was 30 a- years ago. Yeah, yep. Give or take. Yeah, I mean, take. Bergman's GM, so... And he also said he wasn't going to play another game for them. Right. That was that was it. Yeah. And then, you know, Galchenyuk, I'm like waiting to hear, you know, all about how, you know, the Claude and Russians conspiracy. Never mind the fact that Galchenyuk was born in Wisconsin. Yes, yes. But, you know, you got Galchenyuk. Okay, Emelin's gone. Radulov is gone. They didn't re-sign Markov and needed they to... They traded Sergachev. Yep, exactly. See, <laughs> That's so fucking working like, out for him. Oh. Uh, well, it's like, oh, let's trade this awesome defenseman that will do, that will do good things for us for a winger that we're going to try to make a center. <sighs> Bergerman, Claude, take notes here. If a player ever played wing in junior, in AHL or lower, ever, they are not an NHL center. Full stop. Mm-hmm. He may have played, Jordan may have played some center... With, with, with the moose heads, but he mostly played wing, <laughs> not a centerman. <laughs> Sometimes you can have centers play wing. You cannot have wings play center. Yep. Okay. Doesn't even work in beer league. Let me tell you. Uh, that experience? Oh, yeah. I'm like, hey, Nick, you play center. I'm like, uh, hey, Nick, you never play center again. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Different skill set. No, I'm serious about this patches thing. When's he getting traded? Come on, Jeff. Come on, Anthony. Tim, are you still there? I'm here. Martin Luther King Day. Wow. That is very specific. See, he's got, what, one year after this one on this contract? Yes. Um, Mid-February. Not quite the deadline, but in the but in the run-up. What day is the deadline? Whatever the last Monday of February is usually. Something oh. like that. That's what it's been the last couple of years. My guess is on deadline day. Thank you, Anthony. That was helpful. 
Well, that's just my legitimate guess. So the last Monday of February, last 26th. Monday of February is the 26th, yeah. I'm going to say on my birthday, February 9th. Nice. Okay. That's what you want for your birthday too, right? Yeah. Dismantle the abs. Why not? No, I hate patches. So I go, Kopi goes somewhere that I also, you know, hate, but is also kind of a toilet. Um, Buffalo? <laughs> they Buffalo, yes. Buffalo. Buffalo's Detroit. Perfect. Detroit. Trade uh, deadline. It is definitely the 26th. Okay. Oh, that was a guess. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if it's typically that, then you were right, but I just wanted to confirm it. Okay. So, Anthony. It's 26th on deadline day. No, no one gets traded on deadline day. <laughs> Shock the world. I'm going to see how dates work. Let's see. Bring in 13. Hey, I said that last week, and then I got chastised for that. Something, something, OEL becomes a Bruin. They're not trading OEL. Of course not. January and why, 30th. And why would we even get him anyway? Speaking of defense, speaking of Swedish defensemen maybe being on the block. <laughs> oh my god, the, 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 the senator's asking Carlson for his no-trade list? I mean, they asked everyone for the no-trade list. I but would give a shit that you includes You don't ask Carlson. the generational defensemen. The probably fourth or fifth best defenseman ever to play the game? Yeah. Idiots. Um, <laughs> fucking A, away. right? <laughs> Let him trade him away. Trade him away to a nice West Com- Conference team. I oh, yeah, they're not trading him, him in, division. In, 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 in division. That's almost certain. But in a hypothetical scenario, and he is on the block, I'll just throw this one out there. Unless we're not done with the patches uh, prop bet. Did everyone well, we weren't. I, I was going to tell you what mine was, but then you all went, Ah! Carlson! Let me Sorry, blame Anthony for mentioning. <laughs> Continue, and we'll backtrack, please. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to keep doing that. <laughs> I said January 30th. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I hate Carlson. Just go fucking somewhere else. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so there's VA's answer to the question I was just going to pose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, were he available? Um, would you, do you want to see um, um, Sweeney take a good swing at that pinata? Considering also that if you acquire him, you have to resign him full stop because presumably the acquisition cost would be astronomical. Let me tell you why I don't want to do it, other than I just hate him. Okay, you you posed your question right, so we all know with the premise here. I think it would disrupt what Sweeney's doing. I really, I believe in the process right now. I believe I'm, I'm all in on getting the youth in and trading out players and, and getting them experience and like going forward with this new team. And I like to cling to veteran players. So that's saying something. Mm. That's pretty fair, um, especially because he is a right D. If he was a left, it might be a different story because he's right. That's not the side we need to go need. shopping on. Bingo. <laughs> it makes me look smarter in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, so. if. If the Bruins didn't make a splash, I'd go after Tavares. Ooh. I mean, keeping in mind everything we discuss here right. has to be within the confines of realistic cap, which, of course, also why, yeah, getting well, Carlson would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice thought. I just, I'm not doing that. If you get Carlson, you're not going to be able to re-sign a lot of different people. There's going to be a lot of money into that, and I really... I mean, a lot of those guys you'd probably have to re-sign would probably be the, the currency required to acquire Carlson, but... Oh my god. Oh no, don't let him go out to Edmonton. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta think... Okay, I so mean, realist- realistically, you can't pick up Carlson without parting with 
either Charlie McAvoy or David Pasternak. Possibly both. Exactly. I'm not giving up either of those guys, and I'm certainly not giving up both of them. Nope. Yeah. No. Um, considering Carlson is, is 27, then you have to re-sign him for probably, you know, a similar contract to um, McDavid. Um, start yep. that, that will start when he is 28 or 29. I'm good. Nope. All set. I'd like to see him go to Vegas. <laughs> of course. Of course you would, Tim. I would love for David Poyle to pull off the magician thing again. And pull in Carlson. Oh my god! Oh good god! Carlson and Subban is his two top two right defensemen. <laughs> I actually Dave Lozo had an awesome article suggesting that Tavares, Carlson, and Dowdy all take discounts for three years for Tavares because he goes UFA before the others two, and then two years for the other ones to just create a super team. Yep. Win a couple years of cups and then go all their own their own ways and make their money elsewhere. Um, to which I say, you know what? I, I don't particularly want a super, super teams, but I, I would accept that for the Preds. Yeah. Um, uh, we we kind of had super teams in the past. Well, no, in the cap era, we're not going to count the 2002 Red Wings. Um, uh, no, uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. You know, I was going to say, the first thought was actually of, of, of one not working was the um, Avalanche when they had uh, Korea and Solani. That was... When Solani's legs were both ready to fall off at the knees, right? The, the lockout kind of saved his career. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next thought was if you want to include um, Nina Meyer and Pronger uh, with the Ducks. That did That's, work for them, though. They won a yeah, But that, yeah. that did work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the thing with um, Malozo's point is that they basically, if they were to somehow sign the three of them, they're a team that could do it with the cap, assuming they all only signed for $5 million is that they're already a really good team and really the only player that they have to find themselves parting part players they have to find themselves parting ways with would be Rinna and uh, Ellis. They would have to also he also suggested maybe they pursue Bobrovsky who who is uh, UFA along the same timelines. <laughs> okay. Dave Lowe's a really committed to concept here and I kind of left the article. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't doesn't really like any specific teams, so he can do that easily, freely. Um, so that's that's pretty good. All right, so I think we should wrap up that part and we should start getting into the next part of the show. I will include Ben's comments at some point on positivity in with the other stuff. Now, Mandy, what we usually do is we do go into schedule reading and whatever. If you want to bow out, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to hold you to that, but if you want to stick around, that's fine too. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you know what? I will run because my phone is actually not that alive right now. Okay. So, with that, it's been lovely, kids. All Thank right. you. See ya. Thank you for trying to make me feel better about the ruins. It's working. Well. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Adios. Later, Mandy. All right. How are we going to do this one this week? In recent, it's sort of, you know, it sort of just sort of flew as it flowed as it went, right? The last few weeks. So, we'll just see where this one goes. <laughs> I can see a lot of fuckery. That's all I can say. Uh, we don't have a game until, like, Wednesday. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, so, um, hello, listeners. Welcome to Sexy Schedule Reading. Bruins uh, have uh, three games this week, but uh, none of them until Wednesday, December 13th, 8 p.m. at the toilet. Presumably based on the time. Uh, and it's it's an NBC game. It's an NBC. Fuck! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Detroit NBC rivalry bullshit. Fucking A. This isn't even sexy anymore. <laughs> 
This Fuck happens a you, lot. Pierre. This is happening a lot lately, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do want to say that the new arena looks beautiful. I can't wait to go to it. It is called the Pizza Box, but that's okay. Yeah, you Little Caesars going. Arena or some shit. Fucking A. They have a beer garden! It's, it's the old one, but still one of the ones that wasn't named corporate, and that was great. You know, the Joe was kind of a shithole at this point in its life, but... You know, it's still corporate. Exactly. Now I, it's I, Little I, Fucking Caesars. Pizza, pizza! But, but, but he owned it. <laughs> He owned Little Caesars. Well, yeah, but Detroit, a bankrupt city, also paid an indescribably vast amount of funds to build it. So. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm more pissed off about the next game. Yes, so on the second night of a back-to-back, the Bruins host the Capitals on um, <sighs> Eastern Nesson. With that fucking piece of garbage. Tom goddamn motherfucking Wilson. Yes. That's the right one, right? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Ovi's a piece of garbage for when he did Brandon Carlo last year, too, so fuck yes. him. Fuck him. I don't want to. He's ugly. Okay. No, I, he looks like a cave. Like, a lot of players are like caveman. He literally looks like the guy who caveman. Um, <laughs> like, it's not even subtle. They clearly modeled him after Ovi. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so, God, I, I hate this. I hate that it's a back-to-back, these two. I just hate the Capitals so much. And I was about to say the Caps aren't great this year, but that's – I also also early pointed out that they are the same um, record over their last 10 games as we are over our last 10. And that is tied for second in the league. So, okay, they're clearly getting their shit together again. Yeah. Also, fucking Braden Holtby. Oh. Yeah. I'd say pray for Grubauer, but yeah. look, really, it's not going to be Grubauer. I can still pray for Grubauer. Well, yes, German, right. <laughs> I mean, you can, but the Caps are going to be catching the Bruins on the second half of a – Back to back, they're gonna travel. play. Yeah, and it's a less than twenty-four hour back to back. Yeah, god damn it! All because NBC has to be prime time at eight, and Detroit has to be our fucking rival now, just because they're in the East. Fuck Detroit! I'm sick. Again, of rivalry night's all horseshit. Yeah, <laughs> all rivalry night is just NBC going. Oh yeah, we cover hockey. I mean, considering we once played a rivalry night game against Minnesota. Minnesota. Look, um, this is more of a rivalry <laughs> than Minnesota, but it's probably yes. less of one than, let's say, Tampa Bay is currently. Well, our last one was what the Rags, which was pretty reasonable. No, yeah, the last, last one was, last one was Tampa, which is great. That was a great one. People criticized it, but it was fantastic. We played against the Rags, reasonable. Detroit, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think you know NBC sort of views um, original six versus original six as default rivalry. Yep. And how are we ending this week? That's a weird fucking time. Five o'clock again on a Saturday. Yeah, five o'clock. What? What? What the hell is that? It's so stupid. It's, it's not. It's not, it's not a matinee game. It's not a regular game. It just sort of is. It exists. Against anyway, that's against the rags. I kind of enjoy that time. It's a six p.m. start for me, and that's uh, obnoxious. Well. I'm going to the Hurricanes game on Saturday, so I could actually catch... Oh, by the way, the PNC Arena has free Wi-Fi. So I'll be getting to the game early, watching the Bruins game on my phone, and then watching the Hurricanes. Uh, The Garden has free Wi-Fi too, but you get kicked out like every 10 minutes. Oh, no. Since no one goes to Hurricanes games. Yeah, you got all the free Wi-Fi. Good for you. You know, actually, I'm going to have you read the first two of next week, too. Because next week, which will be our last show of the season, I mean, season, of the Christmas season, it'll be our last show of the, the actual calendar year. I'm going to have you read the following week up until we get back. So, all right. So, yes. 
On Monday, December 18th, the Bruins host the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that rather famously recently scratched um, uh, um, Boston College alumni Cam Atkinson. Ooh. Seems like a not fun thing to do. Anyway, but Officer Bobrovsky's on the case, I guess. <laughs> Followed by, on the second night of a back-to-back with travel, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Buffalo. That'll be some joyless hockey, because it's Buffalo. In Buffalo. In Buffalo, beyond. Ugh. Seriously, we want to pause for a second there and just like talk about it. It's like, like, okay, I understand being a sports fan in Buffalo, in Buffalo is an awful thing anyway. Like, why you would do that to yourself, I don't know. Or just live in Buffalo in general, why you would do that to yourself, I do not know. Wings. Um, oh, the wings are awesome. At Anchor Bar? Oh, I love it. Right, chicken. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Were we not talking about chicken wings? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to say, it's like, how awful has it has to be to be a a, a, um, a Buffalo a Buffalo fan? This team, you know, did one of the more flagrant tanks we've ever seen. Lost the lottery two years in a row, so they didn't get either of the players they were tanking for, and had no fallback plan. They're now former G. They're now former GM. Sold off several of the first round picks they acquired during the teardown in exchange for one of them went out in the trade to the brought in Evander Kane and Zach Bogosian, one of whom they're about to trade probably for another first round pick, and the other of which is absolute fucking garbage. <laughs> and the other one was traded along with David Le- with an aging, broken down David Legwand for Robin Lehner, who, while terrifying, is not that great a goalie. Mm-mm. Um, this is how not to do terrifying. a rebuild because they shat the fucking bed. They traded two of their of their first round more prominent first round picks as part of the rebuild. So that would have been Grigorenko and Zadorov, one of whom was of course obvious bust. The other one for Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, you know O'Reilly's been good for them, but that is not how you do a rebuild. You don't acquire a shit ton of first round picks to trade. Not one, not two, not three, but four. Or for veteran players. <laughs> and now poor Jason Botterill is now in there. He's like, well, I have an impossibly shitty team with a lot of players on long contracts. What the fuck do I do now? I kind of feel for Jason Botterill, even though I laugh because Buffalo. And Phil usually, of course, is some... Um, has this awful team and is coaching them incredibly badly, so his first run at being an NHL head coach is not going well for him. But... Still, Buffalo. So, I'm sorry, Buffalo fans, but I'm also laughing hysterically at you right now. Yeah, you should never tank. Yeah. Not unless you or, have a very good plan. Yeah, exactly. You need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. Um, you look at Arizona, for example, too. They pulled the rug out from under themselves in the McDavid year. Lost, uh, you know, ended up picking third. And that hasn't really gone well for them either. And, you know, Edmonton got McDavid and all these other first-rounders. That hasn't worked out for them. Basically, the only tank that was properly orchestrated was the fucking Leafs. The fucking yeah. Leafs. The Shanna goddamn plan. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. Anthony, do you feel better? I do. You feel better about the Bruins? I've I've always felt good about the Bruins. The problem is, is that I've been trapped in this whole vocal minority. vocal minority, and it's it's hard to get away from. So the Bruins fans just be happy with what you have because what you have is pretty good. Doesn't matter that we don't have Barzal. We don't have a goaltending controversy. Tuka Rask is a great goaltender. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Alex DeBrincat. I was very high on him come draft time. Trent Frederick seems to be better than 
Keith Gretzky ran his mouth about for. Well, see, yeah, this is it. Frederick gets shat on for Gretzky saying something dumb. And even even if Gretzky was 100% true on Frederick, you do need guys who have high floors. Sure, there's not as much risk, or there's not as much great reward, but there's not as much bust risk. And that's fine. Yeah. And, of course, Ty Anderson on his article saying don't complain about Barzalm had a beautiful quote. Quote, we get it. We all get it. You're an exhausting person incapable of experiencing joy or appreciation. Ty Anderson has had enough of your shit, people. (laughs) Someone needs to buy him a Coke because he doesn't drink. But he doesn't like Coke, probably, because he doesn't like anything. (laughs) Well, someone should take him out and buy him a drink. A beverage of his choosing. Correct. I would buy him bagels or donuts or even toast. I think he doesn't like donuts. Yeah, I, I, I know he doesn't like nah, He's got weird food takes. He's not quite, he's he's not quite Travis Yost, but he's... Yeah. Don't get him pancakes. He doesn't like those. If we had him on, I would just only want to talk about his food things. But, yeah. you know. Like, I, okay, it's like, it's like try, Ty, explain to us what you do eat. I want to know what that is. I do. <laughs> is he vegan? I don't think so. No, he's not vegan. He just doesn't like things. Vanilla ice cream. Yeah, he has a weird ice cream cake. It's like vanilla or nothing or something like that. No, he doesn't like vanilla. Any vanilla-based ice creams. Oh, that's he, what he, he goes in. So he has, a, he has a, a needlessly militant stance on ice cream cake. I'm like, yeah, ice cream cake's kind of average. There's no reason to be this fervently anti-ice cream cake. I just don't get it. It I doesn't don't. warrant that kind of enthusiasm one way or the other. I, I did tweet to him about the, the, the ice cream cake. I don't remember when I tweeted, but I did. And, you know, and we had a, a nice little back and forth, like, over one or two tweets once. Um, You know, it wasn't being mentioned on Puck Soup. No. I mean, what is, besides actually being mentioned on Puck Soup? Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, uh, Anthony, do you have any bare necessities that you want to talk about? So it's the Christmas season, so it's eggnog season, hot chocolate season. My current drink of the day, which is empty, was eggnog with Godiva and vanilla vodka. Ooh, wow. Very good drink. Holy Godiva! You've been gone too long in the eggnog sea. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing party gift! Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. I really appreciate this uh, brew intervention. Hey, you all have job. a good one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. yay! I feel like we did some good in this world. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anybody else got any bare necessities? I don't know if I have one this week. It's okay, I don't have to have one. I stocked the hell up on Salisbury's finest beverage, cheer wine. We it's, actually it's... have cheer wine up here at the Price Chopper, and I haven't gotten it yet. I took a picture of it once. What is, it's, um, what, what is it? Despite having the word wine in it, it's actually a soda. It, I don't know, it's like uh, Dr. Pepper-ish. Oh, okay. But sweeter. Oh. And it, it's... Raised in the South, served in a bottle. Which is some, <laughs> one of their horrible taglines. But anyway, yeah. You're just, you're just a fan of, of outstandingly awful of my slogans, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, really, when you, when you kind of boil all slogans down, they're all pretty bad. My favorite, oh, though, is still yeah. Piedmont Natural Gas, The Power Within. Yeah, I can give you some natural gas from, from within me. But anyway. <laughs> um, I, I figure the suicide rate among ad executives must be sky high. Yeah. <laughs> the self-loathing that requires to be that. Like, I listen to the radio, it's like, why are these people not fired? Anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I'll be drinking some cheer wine, um, although it's soda, 
So I still not to try to drink that much of it because as my mom would say, sugar is shit. What? You, your mom? Mama uh, I mean, like, I, I always thought Southern people were so polite and didn't say Well, my words. mom's from uh, Rentham, Massachusetts. Uh, I don't uh, think shit's a, a swear word, but okay. She doesn't think it's her favorite word. I say it all the time. Shit is my mom. And now, shit. My, mom is a, my mom is incredibly nice and sweet and she won't say shit around people she doesn't know. But when it's just like her and me just talking about it, hey, hey mom, how was work? Oh, you know... Uh, is that my, you know, this one person died. They had some bad shit. She's a nurse. I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But then I had some vegan muffins. They were good. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, mom. Good for you. Huh. <laughs> they better not have some sugar in them or they're shit. Su- sugar is shit. Yeah. My parents are vegan and they uh, only use natural sweeteners. Jeff or Tim? So I'm still making an effort to not drink alone on weeknights. And um, so I have a, a stockpile of Grandpa Pop, um, and uh, we'll be uh, drinking that Is it really water. Grandpa Pop? No. One of our field assistants this year referred to um, uh, soda water as Grandpa Pop because it was right, New Englanders. So that doesn't even work anymore because um, it would be Grandpa Soda because her grandfather drank a lot of soda water rather than oh. sweetened um, pop or soda. Because, you know, sugar is shit. So, yeah. So what flavor? Well, that just fell flat on its face. Um, no, I think I Grandpa Pop. No, I, I, Grandpa it, Pop. I got it. Grandpa Pop. Okay, good. I, I, I understand um, what it is. You had to explain it, but that's okay. So I have a, a case of cans of, uh, of uh, Dasani Wild Berry, which is, is quite Ooh. good. And Ooh. I do have a liter bottle of, um, of um, uh, Perrier Grapefruit as well, which is quite good. Yeah, like grapefruit so, and some things, yeah. That one will not survive till the games, probably. Um, I will, may well drink that later tonight, but yeah. <laughs> so, Dasani Wildberry soda water. Yep, Grandpa Pop. Grandpa Pop, yeah. I am totally going to steal that. Grandpa Pop, I like it. <laughs> um, I didn't know what it was, but I knew no now. Tim. I'm still kind of, I'm like almost over this cold completely. I don't sound as much like death. I do have this lovely giant bottle of codeine cough syrup mm. fucking time that, was left in that bottle <laughs> um, that will be part of it and then tea i have some what's it's called peach tranquility i got it from starbucks i like it a lot and also some cranberry ginger ale because it's Aww. the season for cranberry uh yes uh, christmas pop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as puts it grandpa pop exactly christmas pop. <laughs> i've never had cough syrup with codeine ever oh it's it's a it's a time <laughs> no I, I i only say that because it sounds like everybody in the world has had it except for me i haven't had it oh okay so it's you and i have not done that it was prescribed to me, and I expected a little bottle. This is literally a giant bottle. I'm just gonna say oh, it's the largest um, bottle they can actually prescribe. Of- See, right. a bottle that size—that's how people end up with um, with opioid addictions. Four hundred seventy-three yeah. <laughs> milliliters. And it was like—I I mean, it wasn't like full. It was like half full. But I don't know why they had to give me that giant bottle to half fill it. Maybe there wasn't a smaller one available. I don't know. Because yeah, I've only ever prescribed it, been given you know a little like regular, um, you know, like medicine bottle sized. Yeah, I've never been given just a giant bottle. Here is your bucket of codeine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Just too bad you can't have your Bahama Mamas with it. <laughs> Seriously. Use it as your mixer. <laughs> ha, PSA, do not do that. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. It, it's actually like some of the worst tasting cough medicine you'll ever have. Awful. Oh yeah, they don't sell Buckley's in, in the States. It's a product in Canada. That it's, 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 it's taglines. It tastes awful, but it works. See? That's honest. That's honest, though. Oh, I like sure. that tagline. Yeah. I, I don't have any fault with that. Yeah, actually, like that's one that that's an addict that deserves to have their job rather than you know not, which is to say, most of them. We had a golden stout, a golden coffee stout, stout wow. hanging around our house. Yeah, I know it was amazing because all these words they don't go together. So we had some of that. Uh, the Joes brought it, and I tried. Like Glenn gave me like a little Sam Adams taster glass full, uh, which was cool. Except that I was wildly reactive to it. Like I was red in places that I don't get red. Like right here, where like. It looked like I had been wearing glasses, and I was red there, and it was so Did you think you were maybe allergic to something in it, or it just really hit you? No, 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 no. I mean, it, I'm not uh, drunk at all. Um, I have some weird flushing thing. We suspect that it's like um, an allergy of some kind. It's like a, a major vasodilation thing and lots of histamine because I get itchy, too. Uh. So it's like, it's all this gross stuff or some other itching agent um, that gets oh. out. So it's like, um, I, I haven't turned that red in such a long time. So, um, I'm probably not drinking alcohol this week. Oh, it's a baby. <laughs> She's very interested. Um, so I don't know what I'm doing for bare necessities. Uh, She's, uh, hanging out. She Apparently is. she won't, she was asking for me, I guess. So, oh, that's very sweet. She's a good little girl. She looks like she's very interested in what's going on. Hi. Yeah, she's pretty attentive. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her face. She's thinking, the fuck? <laughs> or whatever infant equivalent of the fuck is. <laughs> she's definitely, generally, um, very attentive watches shows like on tv and stuff like that she likes music she always kind of if she hears music she kind of always points towards it and holding her own head up now too that seems early yeah (laughs) she's just a little over three months wow wow that's pretty good it's definitely early actually yeah well hey just because there's uh there's developmental stages doesn't mean that everybody hits them at the same time some people hit them early some people mm-hmm. hit it later. It's it's fine. It's just that we use these as gauge uh, gauges to, to find out what's normal. That's all. So, I think that's pretty much the end of the show. Wow, Nick, your eyes are really green. Um, yes, they are. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud at Barely in Topic, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Play. Google Play. You can contact us at uh, Barely in Topic on Twitter, at Barely in Topic Podcast on Facebook. Individual Twitter accounts. Find Dr. Us. Hand Grenade. Um, buyer Beware, of course. <laughs> Tim A. Richardson. I think I'm. Am I Nick Baggio? Is there a dot in there? No. Nope. Who am I? You Just are. Nick Baggio. <laughs> yep. At Nick Baggio. Okay. They can also look up um, something about bagels and Bruins and stuff, and usually find you. <laughs> yeah. I imagine there's not a lot of Twitter accounts that have both those things in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the bagel Bruin. All right, we got one more. St- uh, the, the, the Tim Tixa. Word. <laughs>
Tell me, Ben, now that you're here and you've been plied with alcohol, yep. tell us some positive things about the Bruins. And then you can show, uh, share some Habenfeuer. Positive things about the Bruins. One thing I've noticed, especially recently with the players coming back from injury, uh, that the Bruins are buying into Cassidy's system and Cassidy is buying into them. Where you look at, say, like Jake DeBrusque or Denton Heinen or Anders Bjork or Sean Corrali or Tim Schaller, what have you. I mean, for, you know, let alone the Bergerons and the Marchands and the Krejci's and the Pasternak's and the Bacchus's. Like, look at the, these rookies. They are hustling. They are working. They are playing a full 200-foot game. And Cassidy is giving them, them also the leeway to play within themselves, like be the kinds of players that they are. So you're seeing a more dynamic offense. You're seeing a lot more cross-ice passes. You're seeing more carried zone entries. You're seeing a lot more creativity because I think they're given the leash they need to be to be the kinds of players they naturally are. But they're also working with like the work along the boards, the work along the forward check, the dedication to the 200-foot game is there. Another positive that I see is... Kind of out of nowhere, we have defensive depth that we didn't see last year, where you get Charlie McAvoy, who is, when you really look at it, he is a top-line defenseman, top-pair defenseman, and he would be a top-pair defenseman on any team in the league right now, straight up. Like, he might be one of the best, best defensemen in the league already at age 19. And then there's a trickle effect downwards, where the pairs of the Bruins make sense. You have the Chara and McAvoy. You have the Krug and Carlo. You have, interestingly, the Grizzlick and uh, uh, Kevin Miller, where you look at the injury to Adam McQuaid and the struggles of, say, you know, post and O'Gara to earn that second pair defensive spot. And you have Grizzly coming in and stealing that spot out from under them. Right. But those pairs make sense. You have your stay-at-home guy and your puck mover all the way down those three pairs. On top of it, Kevin Miller is quietly having a really good season for a, a third pair defenseman. And getting back to Cassidy buying into the player, you know, under Julian, Kevin Miller was a stay-at-home defenseman. But under Cassidy, he carries the puck all the way into the offensive zone. Now, you know, getting to your point of... Uh... Uh, players buying into Cassidy's system. It does help, you think, uh, that some of the players that are coming up right now, I mean, some of the younger players like DeBrusque played under Kevin Dean in Providence, but some of the other ones who are a little bit older did play under Cassidy in, in Providence. So I think oh, that's... Oh, sure. Yeah, so I think that's just a really great way that to forward this uh, this rebuild, I guess we'll say. Yeah, the, the familiarity and the trust building, for sure. Right. Uh, but also there's there's the competition where, yeah, the injuries have happened and it's give other, given other players opportunities. Uh, but that means those players are in competition with the guys who are supposed to have those spots naturally. Like, Matt Bolesky is a healthy scratch at this point because other players have challenged him and earned that spot. Right. And uh, players see opportunities and players see that, hey, if I don't measure up, if I don't put the work into this, then some other guy is going to take my, my spot. And the, the depth and quality of the players in the system has allowed the Bruins that luxury. Right. And we certainly saw that Jake DeBrus got sat that one time, and then he came back and his game. He worked on his game, and he earned his way back into the lineup right. easily. Right. Yeah, there, there's there's a, there's a lot to this team. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think there. You look at the external negativity towards it. The going into this season that there was n you know no activity in the free agency market, which I saw as a positive that we didn't blow money on a poor free agent talent pool. Oh uh, yeah, that's... Uh, you look at the 
prospect pool, they said, you know what, it's put up or shut up time. Like if you know, we we have banked our plan on the resource adding and and drafting and, and development, it's it's about time that we see fruition with this. So it was put up put up or shut up time for Donnie. It was put up or shut up time for the prospects, and I'm glad they had the patience to see that through. Right, right. That, uh, our view on it on the on the podcast has totally been that the free agency period was great. We didn't recommend blowing money on on free agents because that's what happens. You overpay for people, and uh, you very rarely get the real value out of them. So, and then the other sources of negativity you have the. Everybody who hates Tuka Rask and those people are crazy. I mean, you look at Tuka Rask's career numbers compared to carry prices, and they're better. Straight up better. Sorry, straight up better. So Tuka is not the problem. Straight up not the problem. No, and it's how the, it's how the that, team plays in front of him. Yeah, yeah, the, the team not playing well in front of the... I mean, you look at the struggles carry Price is having with a team that is trash. Like, that Habs team is trash. And... He can't save it. I mean, he can steal some games, and he ha- he showed that when he, he returned. He he was able to steal you know a couple of games for him. But that catches up to you after a while. After after a certain point, Jordy Ben playing on the top pairing with Shea Weber catches up to you, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about that as a goalie. And Tuco's dealing with the same problem. You you have Krejci out. You have Marchand out. You have other players out. You have Backus out. Uh, you have Krug out. Like that catches up to a team, and and no no team survives that level of organizational attrition. But now that these players are back, yeah, Tuka's able to steal those games again. Tuka's, he's playing fantastically well right now. You look at you saw the last time against the, the Islanders where Tuka was in the zone all game. Mm. So yeah, so there's that, you know, oh my God, what about you know Martin Jones? Oh my God, what about Malcolm Subban? Everybody hated Malcolm Subban. People were sick of that guy. They were like, oh, he's a failed prospect. Oh, get rid of him. Like, But then the moment that they put him on waivers, oh, you're losing something for nothing. Like, he didn't have a he value. He didn't like him in the first place. And he, di- he didn't have a value because you don't think that he wasn't going to try to trade him before you put him on the waiver wire? Come on. Right. I, it, these are, I mean, these are things that people just don't think too hard on because they just want to complain about things, right? And what we're right. trying to do is trying to say, no, guys, look, it's positive. There are things that are, are really good about this team and, like, crappy things that are happening to have. So, hey, look at it this way. We're doing really well. Um, yeah, or you look at, you know, yeah, Colin Miller is doing well for Vegas, but would you want Colin Miller for any other defenseman on the Bruins other than Matt Grizzlick? Really? I actually think that his subtraction was an addition. Yeah, yeah. It took us a while to find the right piece, but not too long. Yeah, and, and you might even say the same thing about McQuaid. Like, I, I like McQuaid. Don't let him go because you're going to need that help come playoff time. And yes, this is a playoff team. Uh, you, you don't you don't want to lose that kind of an asset, but Grizzlick earned a spot for a reason. Mm, yeah. Now, just out of curiosity, we have a little um, prop bet going on when uh, Patches is going to be traded. Well, when you openly say to the interviewers that you felt you were playing too defensively and your coach is Claude Julien, uh, you, time might be short. I, I the, the thing is, I don't bet on a trade simply because Mark Bergevin, of the few things to his credit, does not make panic trades. He simply does not. He makes dumb off-season trades, but he does not make mid-season panic trades. And so I don't see Pacioretty being traded. I don't see a guy who, I guess, is sixth in goals scored over the past five years. I don't see the Habs trading a guy like that. Mind you, I didn't see them trading a guy like Subban. I didn't see them trading a guy like Sergachev. But that's 
offseason, not midseason. Like, he doesn't do those midseason trades. What if Patches Force is the issue? Does he? I, I don't see him as that kind of guy. He seems like the the scoring forward version of Dion Phaneuf. Okay, I, I'm just I'm just wondering if he would do that. And... He, I think I think Pacioretty is you know leader to a fault. He's he's committed to the Habs. I don't see him wanting to play for anybody but the Habs, and he's going to stick it through uh, as best he can, and he's going to end up just as miserable as Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Oh, the habit for it is fantastic. It is. It is. Basically, uh, we we did do that earlier where we talked about the positives of the Bruins. And then we talked about how much we hated the Habs and how poorly they were doing in in some respects. So It's it's gotten to the point where Hydro-Quebec was talking about their readiness of their power plants. And they said that their dams are stronger than the Habs' defense. That is where the Montreal Canadiens are at right now, that Hydro-Quebec is throwing shade. (laughs) Couldn't have happened to a nicer team. I mean, they did not show up with their team ready to play. They they built an incomplete team. They have, as I said before, Jordy Ben getting top pair minutes with Shea Weber and Joe Morrow also getting regular minutes with them until finally Schlemko showed up. (laughs) They have a center-playing wing and a wing-playing center with Druan and Galchenyuk. Their best center is is Placanitz, and they have eight million in cap space. <laughs> they did not show up ready to play to begin the season, and they somehow thought that Carey Price was going to bail them out. And, and you know what's really funny is that you know people are, who write about hockey around the country and around Canada and stuff they predicted that Montreal would at least finish like third in the Atlantic. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Carry Price equals a playoff team. Carry Price equals go deep in the playoffs. Carry Price means that they're a, you know, especially when you have Pacioretty and, and Shea Weber. Oh, yeah, they, they must be a scoring threat. Plus this, like, oh, Galchenyuk, he, the talent is there. The talent is obvious. He must be worthy of a third round, uh, you know, number three pick overall. They, they, they don't get it there. They just <laughs> don't. Like, that team is trash. <laughs> Great. And they're just finally realizing it. They, they're starting to really, hey, wait a minute. Bergevin should be the one to go here. Like, if the Habs did nothing in the offseason, or two offseasons ago, if they did nothing, they could have kept P.K. Subban and Sergachev. And how much better would they be now? Like, they would have the cap space to also retain Markov and Radulov. And that would be a much different team going into this year. But they blew it. Yes. They took they took Sergachev, a, exactly the type of player that they need, and traded him for a player that didn't match exactly what they needed in, in Jonathan Drouin. Yep, they were attracted by the the I guess the uh, the supposed talent, the speed, not really. They were what trading they what they felt was an unknown for what they thought was unknown, and it turned out they were wrong on both counts, <laughs> and wrong on the salary cap numbers too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I, I'm I mean, it's like on one hand, as a Bruins fan, I am laughing my ass off. Montreal TSN six ninety is a joy every single morning. Absolutely wonderful to listen to every single morning. But as a hockey fan, I'm kind of angry at that team just because how much they're screwing up. And for it should be obvious to everybody how much they're screwing up. Yeah. I, you know what? As a hockey fan, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Habs uh, being destroyed. It's great. Yeah. Do it from yeah. within. I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I guess I should probably feel a little something for them, but I'm not there. <laughs> no, they, they've had this coming. They've really had this coming. 
All right. So do you have anything else you want to say on on the Bruins themselves? Um, other things about the Bruins. Denton Heinen is having an excellent season. I keep an eye on that guy. Uh, and in general, look at how well the rookies are playing now, and it's their first year. Uh, I expected that the first half of the season to be about 500-ish hockey, and then after that, the rookies would start getting their heads screwed on straight. They start playing well again. I think we're starting to see that now. Right. Uh, I think we're also seeing the importance of David Krejci to this team, where you know how lost are they when, when he's not there? Uh, people forget how good he is in a 200-foot game. Uh, and I, th- I think that was very evident in that game against the Islanders on Saturday. Yeah, I, I've just I've been frustrated by his injuries or his injury this year. But, yep. you know, I certainly understand uh, definitely the importance of his being there, especially in the power play, too. Man. Yeah. Also, we are right now a playoff team in a position to get a lot of separation from the bottom of the pack. And, uh, we, and we haven't even played as many games as the rest. Right. We are two points ahead of the Habs with four games in hand, and that's our closest competitor for the third spot in the Atlantic. So the I think the number three spot is ours for the taking. Uh, I think it. I think this is a playoff team, and the scary part is we get to face Toronto in the first round. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. Well, uh, playoffs are different, and uh, a different team shows up to that. Plus, I think the kids, the Cubs, will have a, a bunch of... Uh, games under their their belt they'll have the experience and we're gonna see who rises and who doesn't at that point but that's yeah. a long ways off <laughs> yeah it's, it's december sure like, there's a lot that can happen between now and april yeah yeah all right i think uh i think that's about it yep sounds good for me all right well um have fun with the rest of your evening <laughs> yeah i got more whiskey to drink so uh i'll catch you later okay all right bye thanks all right, all right bye